Thanks, Pastor Gary. Look at that. Awesome. You can have a seat. Please be seated. It's good to be here this morning. How are you? Awesome. I, I count it a privilege, and I want to thank you guys for having me this morning. Uh, I count it a great honor to be able to come and bring the word. Something that I'm passionate about is uh, exactly that, the word of God, and not just the word of God, but being able to preach the word of God. I believe it's powerful. Uh, Paul says in the book of Romans, uh, I'm unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to all who believe. And so I believe when you know, we stand and we proclaim the word of God, that it is powerful. And so I'm passionate about that. And uh, I was going to tell you a little bit about myself, but Gary just pretty much told you my whole life story, didn't he? <laughs> um, no, that's good. Um, yeah, so like Gary said, I've uh, grown up in the House of Hope Church, really walked in when I was 11 or 12 with my family, and uh, just felt something different in the place. And uh, I really grew up there and uh, was, had an opportunity just to serve and just to grow up in, in a house of God. And so I'm so blessed to have done that. And um, yeah, now I get the privilege of being able to lead the youth ministry, uh, which is something that I'm so passionate about as well. Yep. Awesome. Well, I'm going to get into the Word this morning, if that's all right. Anyone like the Word of God? Yep. Uh, the Bible says the Word of God is li- alive and active. Yep. And so I believe that as we speak it, as we talk about it, God can speak to us and God can move. Yep. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about godly perspective tonight. Godly perspective, and uh, particularly from the book of Jonah. Anyone read the book of Jonah? Uh, what a great book. It's not just a kid's book. I don't believe any stories in the Bible are kid's stories, all right? You might have heard of it as a kid's story, but the book of Jonah is actually a great book, and I believe that there's uh, things we can take from it and uh, that points us towards God. And uh, I don't know if you realize, but uh, perspective in life is important. It's very important, if you didn't realize. I was driving the other day. I work with my dad, and sometimes I have to drive the ute. And so I'm used to driving just a normal just car. But the ute, it's a bit longer than the average car. And so the other day, I went to the shop, and I was reversing, and I backed into a wall. Okay, but thank God it, it, I was driving the ute, not the normal car. But you see, I had a perspective problem. I thought the wall was further away, but it wasn't. It was closer than it appeared. I should listen to that. That thing that says the images are closer than they appear. Um, but yeah, perspective is important. And uh, a great illustration of this is celebrities, right? Not all of us think that all the celebrities are celebrities. For example, um, I've got a few photos on the screen. Can we pop, pop one up? What about this guy? Does any, anyone know who this is? Ed Sheeran. Uh, some people will love this guy. Let me tell you something. My dad has no idea who this guy is. He's like, he's, like, he's like 60, and uh, so he doesn't really, is not aware with pop, like, popular culture. So he's got no idea. So to him, if Ed Sheeran walked in the room, he'd be going, what's going on? Who's this guy? I don't really care. But if I or some of us walked, if he walked in the room, we'd be going nuts. Uh, that's just a, a, the power of perspective. What about another one? What about this guy? Anyone know this guy? Kanye West uh, is his name, and if you don't know him, he's uh, one of the, one of the like, rap icons, if you like in today's culture. Very popular rapper. People love this guy. Other people think he's arrogant. Some people love him. Some people think he's arrogant. He's actually got a song. Get this. The name of his song is called I Am A God. Not good, isn't it? A little bit arrogant, some might say. <laughs> All right, what about the final one? How about this guy? Gordon Ramsay. Some might look at, some chefs might go, wow, this guy's a great man. Awesome chef. Others of us would go, wow, this guy swears his head off. Let's not let him near our children, all right? Uh, so <laughs> that is the power of perspective. We can see how we see things, how we look at things, uh, actually determines our reality. 
And uh, so I want to talk to you today about the story of Jonah, uh, because I believe that Jonah had a perspective issue. The way God wanted to use him, God wanted to use him to deliver the Ninevites uh, from the condemnation, but Jonah's perspective was just so, so flawed. And so I want to go through this story with you today. So anyone got their Bible in church today? Come on, awesome. Digital age, come on. Bring, your, bring the raw Bible, come on. Nah, I'm joking. That's all right. Uh, all right, here we go. So follow along with me. I'm just going to go through, take parts out, and uh, just summarize the story. I don't want to read the whole thing as well, so we might be here for a little bit longer than we expect. All right, so Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. So God called Jonah, go to Nineveh. But what does Jonah do? He runs in the opposite direction. It's a bit like when my mum asked me to do the dishes and I just run up in the opposite direction. What about, uh, skip down to verse number four. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. How many know if you ignore the call of God, it's not going to end well for you. Right, so he ignores the call of God, goes sailing on a ship to Tarshish, and all of a sudden there's this storm going on. Down to verse 11, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, the sailors, what should we do to you to make the sea come down for us? Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Verse 15, then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. Well, Jonah knew he was in trouble. Jonah knew he was in fault. So he said, you know what, just throw me out, and we'll see what happens. And he didn't know, but God was going to deliver him through a fish. Verse 17, now the Lord provided a huge fish, not a whale, a fish, to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And so he's in the belly, and then he comes to his senses in verse 10 of chapter 2, and he says, and the Lord commanded and he, so he prays, and then the, the Bible says in verse 10 that the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And so Jonah's now learned his lesson. I better not ignore the call of God. I better just give in to what God's plan is. And so now the second time, in chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the Lord and went to Nineveh. Wow. Finally, he agrees. Last time, he disobeyed. It didn't end so well. He got swallowed by a fish. Who knows what's going to happen if he disobeys this time. So he's like, you know what? I better just obey. And so he ends up going there, and he begins uh, to proclaim a simple message. He says, 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. So Jonah just brought them this message of repentance. Turn to God. Believe in God. The Bible says in chapter 3, verse 10, When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. And so God now used Jonah to relent the destruction. Chapter 4, but to Jonah this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That this is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God. Slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. And look what he says in verse 3. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. I just don't get Jonah. God has just used him to bring salvation to a whole city. And Nineveh was actually 
one of the biggest cities in that ancient time. So God's used Jonah in an amazing way. Imagine if God used you to go to China, Beijing or something, and like a million people got saved. I mean, wouldn't you be rejoicing? But I think also the other thing we have to understand is that uh, the, these people were the like sort of enemies of Jonah's people. And so I understand why there was a perspective issue. But what I, what I really think was the problem here was Jonah wasn't so much focused on the other people. He wasn't so much focused on the world around him. He was focused on his life. He was focused on, oh, what's this going to mean for me? Oh, I don't want this to happen. And you see, we live in a world today that is so me-centered. We live in a world that is so focused on self. It's all about what can I gain? What can I do for myself? How can I gain pleasure? How can I gain status? What can I gain? And I, I believe that God is looking for a people that will take their eyes off of themselves and onto the, off, onto the world around them, onto the needy world around them, because those people needed Jonah, but Jonah didn't realize it. Luckily, God sent a fish to show him the ways. And so... I believe that there is power in perspective and, and God is looking for people to have a godly perspective that is not just focused on themselves like the rest of the world, but actually on the world around us. How many know there's people around us that need the gospel message? Uh, there's people around us that are in dire need crying out for this gospel message. They may not be directly crying out to you, but their souls are and they're relying on people who are full of the spirit, who have perspective to see them. And so I believe we've got to have godly perspective, godly perspective. And so I just want to bring you a a few points tonight around godly perspective and how we can have this godly perspective uh, to be able to be the people that God is calling us to be. The first uh, thing is, if we're going to have godly perspective, we've got to understand the call of God is not comfortable, but it's worth it. The call of God is not comfortable, but it's worth it. You see, God was calling Jonah to Nineveh. And you see, the Ninevites were known for doing all sorts of dodgy things to Jonah's people. And so who knows? Jonah was scared because he was going to go there. Who knows what they were going to do? They may, have, they may not have accepted his message. They may have persecuted him. They may have killed him. He didn't know. And so you see, there is a decision that, that, that he had to make there. Was, was he going to do it? Was he going to get out of his comfort zone and go? Or was he going to stay in his comfort zone? His first reaction was, no, I don't want to go. But then God showed him he had to step out. He had to step out. And so there's things in our life that God's going to call us to do that may be uncomfortable. May be uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe God's called you to do some things. It might not be that he's called you to be a missionary to Zimbabwe. Maybe, maybe not. But maybe there's simple, simpler things than that that God just wants us to step out and be able to minister to the people around us. Maybe it's just praying for those people around us that need it. And so I believe the call of God, we've got to understand the call of God is not comfortable, but it's worth it. Uh, I want to share with you a story about, about this guy uh, in, in history whose name is Telemachus. Telemachus, interesting name. And uh, he's a guy from the 4th century, and uh, he's this Asian monk. And the story goes like this. What happens is um, he feels the call of God on his life to go to Rome. And so God tells him, go to Rome. And so he goes, just gets up, leaves everything, goes to Rome. And he goes to Rome, and as he's in Rome, he follows the crowd into the Colosseum. And uh, he doesn't know it. And if you know Rome, Roman history, you'd know that gladiator fights are a huge part of Roman history. For hundreds of years, they would do this thing where they would bring men into the Colosseum and they would fight each other to the death. How many know that's not a good thing? Um, and so what happens was he walks in and he witnesses this. And he's like, he doesn't know. He just followed the crowd in there. And, and he feels this conviction. He's like, well, this is not right. I've got to do something about it. 
And so while they're fighting, what he does is he actually has enough conviction, enough stirring to step out of the gate. And as he steps out of the gate, he just proclaims and begins to tell them, in the name of Christ, stop. In the name of Christ, stop. And he keeps saying it. But of course, the people laugh at him. And eventually, he just gets speared to death by one of the gladiator fighters. And you see, in that moment, he didn't see the effects of what was going to happen. But do you know something? That a Roman emperor who was in that fight saw that and was touched by it. And he died. And do you know something? That that was the last time a gladiator fight happened in Roman history. And do you know something? The, the power of that story is that, you see, there is things that are going to happen through people that are willing to get uncomfortable. You see, he was willing to take a step of faith, and God was willing to use that. He was willing to step out. He didn't see the effects of what was going to happen. He didn't know that that was going to happen. But he just was obedient to what God was calling him to do. And surely enough, God stirred that emperor to see that. And he was the one who was able to change it. And so there's power in a people who are willing to get uncomfortable for God. What if our willingness to get uncomfortable for others, let me say that again, our willingness to be comfortable opens the door for people to be eternally comfortable. What if our willingness to be uncomfortable for others opens the door for people to be eternally comfortable? And so the first perspective shift, I believe, is important to understand the call of God is not comfortable, but it's worth it. There's things that God will require us to do, to step out in faith, to pray and believe for people to be healed. And it may not feel comfortable, but it will be worth it because God will come through. God will come through. Uh, the second shift that I, that I see that we can take from the story of Jonah is uh, we have, we've got to understand, we have a message that is worth sharing. We have a message that is worth sharing. I don't think... Jonah realized that he had a message worth sharing. If he did, he might have gone quicker. But you see, we have a message worth sharing. And I think what, what's funny about the things we share with people is we share what we're passionate about, right? We, we share what we're passionate about. And uh, any soccer fans in the house? I know Pastor Gary's a soccer fan. I love soccer. Maybe no one else does. But I know that's something. Yes, thank you. And I know that there's something about soccer that if we start talking about it, I can start talking about it as well. And I remember in high school, I was a huge soccer fan, and the 2014 World Cup was going on. And I remember when, we were, when this was going on, anyone know Tim Cahill? Anyone heard of Tim Cahill? He's kind of like the greatest soccer player for Australia. Come on. And uh, what happened was, we were playing against Netherlands, and Netherlands is a great team. We were not expected to score against them. And what happens is, uh, Tim Cahill scores probably one of the greatest goals in Australia's World Cup history, where the ball comes over and he hits it with his left foot uh, into the top corner. And I remember the next day at school, I was up at like 3 a.m. to watch that. Anyone else watching at 3 a.m.? Um, I was up at 3 a.m. to watch that because I was excited. I was stirred. I was passionate about it. And I remember at school the next day, that was the talk of the town. Everyone was talking about this, this goal that Tim Cahill scored. And isn't it funny that when it comes to things like that and just simple things, we can get so passionate about it. But what I find funny is that we have the message of the gospel uh, we have the message of a saviour coming down to earth to pay the sins for humanity. And sometimes we can get a bit casual about it. Sometimes we can forget that this message is not just for us, but it's for the world around us. Sometimes we can forget that this message is actually worth sharing. This message. People need this message. And they're counting on believers to be so filled with this message that it overflows. Just like when we walk into school that day and that everyone was just talking about it because we were passionate about it. It was overflowing. In the same way, we've got to be passionate about this message that it just overflows and just spills. We don't need to go to people and start preaching in their face and saying, you're a sinner, da-da-da. Well, they need to know that eventually, but maybe that's not the way to go about it. But uh, there is something about believers who are full of this message that will carry on their life in a way of kindness that leads people, 
leads sinners to repentance. We have a message we're sharing. People need this message. Uh, people are, are caught up with religion, right? And religion is all it's very similar in its, in, its, in its likeness that if you live a good enough life, it states, that you will somehow attain salvation. But how many know what I find interesting is that the gospel is so opposite to that. It states that actually no one is worthy, uh, that all have fallen, all are, no one is worthy of the glory of God. We have all sinned, and therefore no one is worthy of eternal life. But what we have is the, the gift. It doesn't leave us there. It gives us that Jesus came down and made a way for us. And so whilst there is no way, well, God made a way through the person of Jesus Christ. What other king uh, leaves their throne? No other God does that. No other religion has a God who left the throne in heaven to come down and pay the price, be on behalf of humanity. That is the love. That is the message that the world around us needs to hear. So we've got to understand that we have a message that is worth sharing. The third uh, perspective shift that I believe we can take from this story is our decisions don't just affect us. Our decisions don't just affect us. You see, Jonah, had he not gone there, there is so many people in Nineveh who would have missed out. You see, he, there were other people on the other side of his decisions. And in the same way, there are, there are people in our life that if we don't stand up, if we don't carry our cross, uh, like the gospel tells us to, they will miss out on knowing Christ. Um, I don't know if you realize, but I'm from India. If you couldn't tell, I'm, uh, I'm from India. I was born and raised in Adelaide, South Australia, born in Flinders Hospital. Come on. Um, but um, my grandfather, I found out the other day, I was talking to my dad, and my dad migrated, mum and dad migrated from India in around 91. And uh, I found, I was asking my dad, how did we become Christian, our family? Like, where did this start? And I found out that uh, my grandfather actually was, was born into a Hindu family. And if you know anything about India, you'd know that actually India is a widely Hindu nation in that the majority of people in India uh, follow the religion of Hinduism. And it's a bit strange. There's like millions of gods. If you know, it's very strange. But anyway, that's the dominant religion. And so my grandfather was brought up in a household that followed this religion. And what happened was when he was a young man, maybe 20 years old, Canadian missionaries came into his little village and started preaching the gospel. And he got saved. And you see, what he had to do in that moment, he had to leave his Hindu family behind. They didn't accept that. And so he was kind of like an outcast from his family. But how many of you know that in that decision that day to follow after Jesus and forsake the old for the new, the decision he made that day was going to shape generations to come. It wasn't just him. It was going to affect me. He didn't know that. But that decision he made to follow God, to, to chase after God, was going to affect his son. It was going to affect the son after that. And it was going to affect more people. And how many of you know that our decisions don't just affect us? There's power. There's power in decision-making and understanding that we've got a people around us that need us to make good decisions. I thank God for those Canadian missionaries who were un- willing to get uncomfortable, willing to go to that nation. Uh, who knows what the people would have done to them, but they were willing to go to that nation because had they not been willing to go to that nation and preach the gospel to that village, I don't know, I might not be a Christian. I might be in India doing Hindu religious things, trying to earn my salvation. I don't know. Isn't it interesting? Those guys didn't see the effect of those, that what, the seeds they were planting. They may never see it, but how many know that in eternity we will see that? And so we need to understand that our decisions don't just affect us. They affect the world around us. They affect the people around us. And, and you know, the, the last thing that I want to talk about tonight, um, this morning rather, if the band want to jump up, that'd be awesome, uh, is the final perspective shift is that 
we've got to understand prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. How many know God is alive? And that the miracles that Jesus did in his day are actually still happening today. And that God is willing to use a people of faith. I believe that in an atmosphere of faith, God can do anything. God can heal the sick. God can do great things. And I've been stirred lately to understand that prayer is powerful. And Jonah, I think Jonah knew this. <laughs> he prayed when he was in the fish and he got delivered. And I think often in life, we, sometimes we can have this limited view of God. Uh, like he's just this distant God. But what I wanted to stir in us this morning was that you know, we have access to the creator of the universe. Uh, this is no simple God. This is no little God. This is, the, this is the maker of the heavens and the earth. And we actually as Christians have access to this God. We can pray to him. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that the maker of heaven and earth actually cares about us. He's interested in the details. He's interested in our struggles. He's interested in the things that we're going through. I find that crazy that we serve a God that is like that. And so I wanted to stir you to understand that. Switch your perspective to understand that God hears your prayer. And not only does God hear our prayers, that he answers them. The Bible says this in 1, uh, 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And, we know that, and we, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And so do you know that? That when we come to God... This is not a God that it turns his ear away. No, no. This is a God who listens. This is a God who's interested in the struggles of your life, who's interested in the struggles of our life, who's interested in our battles, who's interested in our bodies that are broken. He's a God of healing, God of restoration. And this God is a God that we have access to, a God that we can come before, a God that we can, uh, he can actually heal us. He can change situations where there's situations that are broken. God can come in and change them. And I believe that there is power in prayer. And so I just wanted to stir you this morning. If you take nothing, take this, that be a person of prayer. Prayer is powerful. I mean, each of us have these people in our lives that we're believing for. Uh, I've got a, a few friends from school who, uh, they've grown up sort of semi-Christian lives, and, uh, but they don't get it. There, there comes a point where you just have the God of your parents has to become your God or it doesn't. And this just didn't happen for some of these boys. We went to a Christian school. We had assemblies every week, praise and worship, but just didn't happen and, and recently I've been just trying to seek them and trying to just pray for them and I, I realized something before I prayed for them get this one of my friends I went to and I was like hey you know you should really become a Christian you know God's the way man you, the world has nothing good for you to, I'm telling you just follow Jesus and I didn't have any prayer going into that but I remember he just said to me no, no I'm not interested in church I don't want that stuff and so I went away and just said you know I'm going to pray for this guy I'm going to leave it with God and pray for it and, you know, the power of prayer is that God works through prayer. God changes things. We can try and do things on our own, uh, on our own uh, standards, on our own strength, but it won't work out. And so I br- we just brought it to God. And, and what's interesting is God began to shift something in his mindset. God began to stir something in his heart. God began to soften his heart. And we were at a, our friend's engagement party the other day. And he just comes and he just goes to me, Nathan, I think I need Jesus. Isn't that ridiculous? Nathan, I think I tried so hard before, and now you're telling me God just changed it? Like what? That is the power of prayer. God is a God who is interested in the people around us. God is a God who is willing to answer our prayers. God is a mighty God, and he's able to shift things. And that guy came to me. That guy may not be saved right now. He didn't make a decision to follow Jesus then. 
but I sure do know that something has changed in his heart. There's been a softening and there's been a change in him and I'm believing that God will touch him and change him. And how many know that prayer is powerful? And I believe that. And so I wonder, would you stand with me uh, this morning and we're just going to head into this song. I wonder if we could sing that song. God is, God, you're so good. That's it. And I wonder this morning if we could just come to God uh, with our things. And I think often we think that God is not interested in our things, but God is. And so I pray right now that as we begin to pray and lay these things before God, that he would meet us. And so I pray right now, whatever it is on your mind, whether it's something that you need uh, in your life, a healing, or whether it's something, uh, a situational thing, I pray that you would just begin uh, to bring it before God. And so why don't we pray and just believe for God to meet us. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity, God, that we have to come before you. I thank you so much that you're a God who hears the prayers of his people. And I pray right now of every person, God, that is dealing with a sickness in their body, that is dealing with a, a, pro- a problem in their body, whether it's dealing with a situation, God, whatever that might be, I pray, God, that they would bring it to you right now, God. And I pray that you would begin to meet them, God, as they do. That I pray, Holy Spirit, that your power would be in this room right now, that it would fall upon us, God, as we worship God, that you would just begin to meet us, that your power and your presence would be here, God, as we come before you, we pray, God, that we would glorify you. We pray that your name would be lifted high in this place. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't we just spend a few moments praising our God.